0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey and I'm your host. You don't find your worth in a man, you find your worth within yourself and then find a man who's worthy of you. That is exactly what Audrey Cade did after divorce and why this popular quote from our Instagram is the perfect introduction to this episode with Audrey Cade. You might know her as Divorce Warrior which is only an appropriate handle for her in the sense that she is an amazing woman who found and utilized her strength to build a better life for her and her kids after divorce. But there's nothing combative about the way Audrey and her second husband blended their kids and maintained relationships with both of their exes. This isn't the story of the Brady Bunch though. It takes work, but work that's worth putting in and work that you can handle. You're going to hear about how Audrey identified what was missing from her life and then manifested those missing pieces to become her best self yet. We think she's one of the best voices to turn into during the highs and lows of your divorce journey, and we're really excited to be sharing this episode with you. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure that you subscribe to keep up with the new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so reach out to us at, podcast at worthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be right back with Audrey Cade. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Audrey Cade, who is one of our favorite writers on our blog. She is the author of Divorce Matters, Help for Hurting Hearts and Why Divorce is Sometimes the Best Decision. And she's also the matriarch of a blended family of eight. More on that later. She is an experienced divorce warrior in areas of co-parenting, step-parenting, parental alienation, and remarriage. And she is a featured blogger for us at Worthy Divorced Moms. She has regularly appeared on Divorce Force and in many, many other places. And we are very excited to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Audrey thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just to clarify for any listeners out there, we are both named Audrey, but we are not the same Audrey.
1: (laughs) We don't always have the privilege of two Audrey's being together in the same place, but today's a rare exception. It's true. How often does that happen?
0: (laughs) Audrey, why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling a little bit about your background?
1: Well, as you mentioned, I'm a writer for Worthy, and that's a a very exciting project for me to be a part of. It really uh, gives me an avenue to talk about a lot of different things going on in my life. As you mentioned, I write for lots of different sites related to divorce. That all just came about as a result of my own divorce about eight years ago of course, that's a a difficult time to go through in anyone's life. And I felt like I needed an outlet for all these experiences and all these emotions that I was going through. And I ended up turning to writing. Um, I I found it to be very cathartic to kind of work through each experience that I was going through. It was kind of like free therapy. And then I realized that there were some outlets where I could actually share this writing with other people. And in a way, it's allowed me to help other people that are going through the same situation.
0: I think that you do such a good job of exactly that. I I actually want to read a piece from – A recent article that you wrote for us, this is called Back to Square One, Starting Over After Divorce. And if you've read it, you might recognize all of the images from the game of life that we used because you wrote a lot about the game of life. So I'm going to read you a little piece. And this story that you're telling is pretty old now, but I just love the way that you wrote about it. I think a lot of people can really relate to this. Take my divorce for example. I once had the family sedan complete with a blue peg for a husband and two pegs representing our children, but with one unlucky spin, we were divorced and I found myself in many ways pushed back to the very first square of my life. Thankfully, I still had my trusty car and two children, but everything else about my life was stripped back down to the basics and I found myself starting over after divorce. So this is, I think, one of the best examples of how you do such a lovely job of talking about just sort of reckoning with the reality of divorce. So tell us a little bit more about what that was like for you.
1: Well, if you're going through it, I certainly went through it. You find that everything that you worked so hard to create over the length of your marriage, whether that's... Five, 10, 20 years, everything's now gone. Everything's changed about that situation. So the home you were living in together, your family dynamics, your finances. Everything about the way that it was before is now suddenly turned upside down and you literally are starting from scratch. And this may be many years into adulthood or many years into kind of establishing your life and establishing your family where suddenly you find yourself not having any idea where you're going from here or what the future is going to hold or what it's going to take for you to be able to keep going. So it's terrifying when it first happens. But at the same time, it's kind of like this whole blank slate where it's a a moment where you think, you know what, this this is actually an opportunity for me. This is an opportunity for me to do it right, to do it the way that I want to do it, and to actually make something amazing out of a bad situation, but also out of the rest of my life.
0: So one of the things that I think sets you apart, at least from... The other guests that we've had on the podcast so far is that you are remarried and you are a stepmom to four kids and... You know, we talk a lot about embracing your fresh start and you have this wonderful fresh start in this new life that you've really settled into and you share so much about it on our blog and you really do such a good job of talking about the experience of being a blended family. So I want to talk a little bit about how you got from that really scary moment where everything that you thought was going to be the way that it was suddenly wasn't. So let's go back. How long were you a single mom? You you got divorced and then what happened?
1: I, I got divorced and basically I had to start living life again for myself and deciding what I wanted for my life and what I was going to do. I went back to school. I finished my master's. I was going through all the motions of things that every mom does every day, sending right. your kids off to school and just taking care of daily life in a home. And I think that time in my life was very important for me to get to know myself again obviously, everybody changes over time. So I was certainly not the same person that I was back years ago when I'd gotten married. Then over the course of the marriage, I changed and evolved as a person. So it was kind of like I, I needed to get to know myself again. Right. What was it that I wanted out of life? Who was I? What did I need in a partner if I even wanted to consider going down that road again, which is kind of a scary thought when you've sure. been through a divorce? you know, what's at risk, you know, how awful of an experience that is, it's certainly not something you want to volunteer for, <laughs> uh, to go through again, and and with children involved, also, you know, they've been through enough already, having their mom and dad separate and divorce. So it, it would have to be a very thoughtful process if I wanted to introduce somebody new into their life. But eventually that did happen. I I met my husband through work. He also was divorced. So we had a lot of common ground um, to share raising children on our own and facing a new chapter after years of being married. So we, we had a lot of common interest and a lot of common experiences. That was kind of what brought us together initially, just being able to commiserate with another single parent and kind of share those experiences. And over time that evolved into us bringing our two families together. That in itself can be a big undertaking because children, especially who've been through divorce, they've, they've experienced a lot of loss.
0: You know, you guys are both parents that care a lot about your kids, so I know you put a ton of attention towards that as you, as you work to bring your families together. And We'll get to that in a little bit. One of the things that you just mentioned that I really liked was that you had changed so much and you had grown and you needed to take a moment to get to know yourself. And you mentioned that you went back to school, but what other kinds of things did you do to kind of take that long look in the mirror and say, who's this woman that I've become and, and what does she need? I mean, how did you do that?
1: Well, I think I really had to evaluate, you know, myself now as an independent individual. I was no longer a part of a relationship. So I just had to look at myself as an individual. And what were my interests anymore? And what, what did I need to be able to support myself and to support my children? Obviously, they were still an integral part of my life. But you know, at this point, I I had to consider where do I even want to live? Or am I on the path that I wanted to continue with my career? Because now, with it just being me and my income, I had to be very thoughtful about the choices that I made to make sure that I could support myself independently and support my children. So uh, there was a lot of that. But then also just even little things just like starting up your own home after a divorce. Right. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to be surrounded by things that were from my marriage or necessarily reminded of the marriage by seeing all the same furniture or, or decorations and things like that all around me. So I just really took the opportunity to find ways to express myself and express my personality, tap into things that just made me happy again, maybe pick up activities and hobbies that I hadn't yeah. had a chance to do in ages and just find peace and happiness within myself.
0: I love that. I think, you know, it's so important. A lot of people talk about this and and it's a really hard thing to do to take a moment and take stock in what you need and, and identify what you need. And it sounds like what you're saying is that you didn't just embrace those things, you really celebrated that you had this opportunity to do things differently and do things for you. So I want to talk a little bit more about meeting your husband. You mentioned that you met at work. Had you been dating at all or did you just get lucky with him? No, I
1: I really just got lucky with him. I Uh wasn't necessarily looking for another relationship. I mean, I guess coming out of a marriage that had failed – I still wanted to think or I wanted to hope that that I still had a happily ever after. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I feel like everybody's deserving of love. Everybody's deserving of having a great relationship. But on the same hand, you don't want to repeat whatever it is that happened in that previous relationship that didn't work. So I think this is one of the really important steps that is extremely important for anybody who thinks that they want to be in a relationship again, which is forgiving whatever's happened in that relationship. And some of that is forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for bad decisions made, not, maybe having the best judgment about other people and being very honest and real with yourself about mistakes or things that you did within the relationship that might've even contributed to the divorce. I love that. I think until you really face what's happened, you're in no way prepared to take another step with another relationship.
0: Right, and this is one of those big buzzwords right now, accountability. Absolutely. It's true. I think, you know, you want to, Listen to what your heart is telling you you need, but you also need to be able to give yourself hard love and say, these are the things that I need to do differently. And that can be hard, but it can also be what paves the way to your happily ever after.
1: (laughs) And not being afraid of mistakes. Right. Right. We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So instead of being terrified of making a mistake, instead look at it as an opportunity to learn something, at least take a bad situation and turn it into something good. Take what you learned from that experience so that you can carry that forward and make better choices the next time around, whether it's in a relationship or any area of your life.
0: Right. So you had gotten to this moment where you had really allowed yourself to grow and become this new woman and you – we're giving yourself kind of the life that you deserved and living for you and you meet the right guy and you're ready to move forward. And between the two of you, there are six kids. So how how did we move forward? (laughs) What was it like meeting his kids, having him meet your kids and and your ex-husband? And let's talk about how we start the blend.
1: Well, I I mean, I do wish that I would have read more or talked to more people or been just a little bit more prepared for that process. I think we went in with all the best intentions. We're going to be positive. We're going to be very open and loving with each other's kids. But I think there's so many things that we just didn't understand about the dynamics of children who are overcoming divorce. His four children, my two children had endured the loss of their their family and their home as they knew it. So all of the traditions and routines and, you know, everything that they knew about life up until that moment was dismantled and they were trying to recover from that and trying to build a new life. So there's a lot of grief that's going on inside of kids. Now that can manifest in different ways. You know, it might be in the way they interact with other new people, including potential new step parents or step siblings and things like that. So, I mean, I think we just kind of jumped in with both feet. We were, we were ready to just go out and start doing things together. We were doing just kind of everything, eating together, um, kind of like family meals, going on outings, all kinds of things. And, and that was fine but I think that maybe it it wouldn't hurt to just kind of ease into it a little bit more and just kind of understand sometimes where the kids might be coming from right. in that process. But you know, it takes years. You can't expect to just just add water and have an instant right. family. It, it takes time for everybody to get sure. to know each other, for everybody to overcome whatever fears that they may have. You know, are these other kids going to take over all of my time and attention from my parent? You know, what's my place in this situation? Right.
0: So what what was the first meeting like? Was it? all the kids together? Did you meet his kids and then he met your kids or or how does this happen?
1: I had actually met his kids first. Uh Um, We both worked in the same town and he lived in that town. And at that time I was living about 30 to 40 minutes away. So after we decided that we were going to start dating, I would start stopping over every now and then at his place and just talking and meeting with the kids after school or before school or whatever the case might be. Uh So they became familiar with me and just kind of in general having me around. And I started talking to my kids about it at the, at the same time. And so just on a Saturday, we just decided to get everybody together and just kind of hang out and have a fun day. That day went just fine. And, and actually for the most part, we had very few times where they really didn't get along. It's kind of interesting. He has a son that's about 17. My son is turning 15 this summer. In the beginning, they were kind of oil and water, which was funny because they were so similar in all their interests and, and things that they like to do. Those two now are like best buddies. Oh, that's so, so nice. It, it took some time, yeah. but uh, we we really have just kind of found a common ground where we're family. It you know, it may not look like everybody else's family, but you know, we're there for each other in every way.
0: What does everybody else's family really look like? That's I don't not a know. thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it really is not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, that's one of the things that we love about your story is it helps to show that, that happy families and healthy relationships with your kids, you gotta Listen to the people you're dealing with and live the life that you're living and not try and and fit it in some preconceived notion of, of what motherhood or family
1: is, right? Families come in all shapes and sizes. We are there for each other in, in the way that any other family would be. Right. You know, I cook and clean and drive kids places. We celebrate every holiday together. We eat every meal together around the table. So yeah, there may not be shared DNA between every person around that table, but we are extremely unified at this point. So I, I can't even imagine a holiday or anything like that without all these kids here together. That's so sweet. I love that.
0: So how serious was everything when you guys met each other's kids and the kids met each other? Did you already know that you were headed towards marriage?
1: Probably not headed towards marriage, but I think that we at that point knew that we were pretty serious about each other. Right. You know, and then if nothing else, we could be two families with kids that were around the same ages with similar interests that could do things together and that we could just kind of take our time and enjoy time together and just kind of see how that went.
0: Right. You did take your time. You went, you saw how things were going to go and things went well. So (laughs) then there's a wedding and what was that like having a wedding with six
1: kids? It was wonderful. It, It was a dream. I mean, we really wanted our wedding to be just our little family so my son walked me down the aisle his daughter and my daughter were our bridesmaids the other boys read passages. You know, we, we found a way for every person to participate in our little ceremony. We surprised the kids with a limo and took them to a, a really nice restaurant and had like a, a candy bar and, you know, a nice cake and everything. So we really just tried to make it a celebration of our family playing music that we as a family like. Oh, that's and- beautiful. Just making it very family friendly.
0: And I think we have a picture in one of our articles that you wrote about blended families that your wedding was so beautiful. And it really is a marriage of the families too, like you said, which I think is Absolutely. so special. And so I imagine that was intentional. I mean, did you and your it husband speak was. about
1: that? Yes, yes. We made it very clear to the children that this was not just he and I joining our lives together, but that this was a sign of our commitment to the children as well. That, you know, we take it very seriously. I take very seriously my relationship with my stepdaughter and my three step sons. And my husband is a very big part of my children's lives. And so that is a bond that we intend to be permanent. So we did want them to be integral parts of our ceremony. We presented them each with a gift that could be a keepsake from our ceremony. And there's really nobody else in the world that mattered to be there that day, but our family.
0: That's so sweet. And it's so nice. I mean, you know, a wedding is about commitment and it's just so lovely that you and your husband made a point of making that commitment to each other's kids as well. I think it's really special. It's a package deal. Absolutely. And it's nice that your kids have become family and they're sharing this life together. And it's just so obvious that you guys have taken so much care and there is so much intention and to be building this home for them and this life together as a cohesive unit. Right. I think it probably gives a lot of people hope who aren't sure what their life is going to be like after divorce and if they'll find love again and what it would be like introducing somebody into their children's lives and – you and your family are such a beautiful example of how somebody else's children can be like a bonus in your life <laughs> just right. extra love and a bigger family and it's really special so we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Audrey Cade moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Audrey Cade. Audrey, I want to know what is off limits about your story. I mean, you said that you started writing and in a lot of ways it was like therapy. You talk about your ex-husband. I know we have this really great piece from you about finance, about how his debts yes. were a burden in your life and and you were able to move on in that way. So, you know, you talk about so many things. You're so open and honest with our audience, which is so wonderful. How do you decide what to share and and what stays private?
1: Well, I do know that the worthy blog, this, this interview, things that I'm involved with are definitely out there for the public, which means that at some point my children may also run across things that I've written or things that I've said. So I do always have to keep in mind that my ex-husband is their father and there's nothing about that that will ever change. Right. So there are certain things that may have happened within our marriage that I feel like that's, little too personal. That's beyond anything that maybe even they need to necessarily know all the details of. Mm -hmm. I may allude to some things, but I feel like some things, if they're exceptionally private or would really in some way just cast a really bad light on their father, I I don't want to do that to them.
0: Yeah. I think that you can kind of feel that in your writing, that, you know, you're being honest and you're telling the story, but you don't go into more detail than is necessary for people to be able to connect with the sentiment that you're talking about. And I imagine that kind of makes the co-parenting situation a little bit easier. So you and your husband are both divorced and you both have exes. So what is that like? What is it like having these two other people in your kids' lives
1: and Right. It can be very challenging at times. I mean, I can say that I work very hard at co parenting Mm -hmm. because obviously, whether or not we decided to remain married, we will always have a connection because of our children. Right. And as long as our children are younger and actually going back and forth between our homes, we have to keep communication open, we have to be able to cooperate with one another. So, While it was not a very productive or pleasant experience early on, we definitely had to find our way through that. There's no class that's offered or there's no Really great guidance that's offered by anybody when you begin that process. So, most people just kind of have to figure it out on their own. I mean, we did spend our days where whenever we would come into contact with each other, it would be an argument and it would turn into something ugly. And I think at some point I realized that whatever frustrations I had about things that were happening in his home. Were completely out of my control. I could drive myself insane worrying about what's happening over in his home or why he parents a certain way or does something a certain way, but there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. So I really just kind of had to release a lot of that. And sure. I think once we came to an understanding that we both love these children more than anything else, and we both want what's best for them, then that kind of allowed for this unspoken record respect to be between us where, I mean, I would say there's not a tremendous amount of conversation that goes on back and forth just about little pleasantries and things like that. It's really focused strictly on the children and their activities. That's what I I refer to as co-parenting like a business. Right. We're able to just remove a lot of the emotion, judgment, anything like that that might get in the way.
0: Because you're, you're colleagues in the business of happy kids.
1: Yes. Yes, they are our product. We both want what's best for them. So that just requires us getting over a lot of the issues that we may have between the two of us and focusing on them and their happiness. So how has
0: co-parenting changed since you've been remarried?
1: I think that our healing and our recovery from divorce and everything has kind of happened simultaneously while I've been married. I mean, strangely, even though I've been divorced for eight years, I think because there's children involved, there's always something divorce related that's happening. So that's why even eight years later, I still have plenty of things to write about or to talk (laughs) about because it's a never ending process. And then as the children enter new phases of their life, new experiences, that's something new that we have to encounter and we need to figure out together how to work through. So it's an ever evolving process. And I think when it comes to my marriage, My husband is very supportive of the kids. I mean, he will jump in and do anything that's necessary as far as helping to take care of the kids, but he understands that I have this business relationship that's, you know, on the sidelines of our marriage because he also understands personally, he has the same kind of situation. We both have another business partner that's not part of our marriage, but is a very important component because we care for all these kids that are in the middle of this situation. So we have to remain civil. We allow time. I mean, I I understand if he's going to get a phone call while we're in the middle of doing something and it's something related to his kids, I have to just be able to step aside and let the two of them talk and work things out. And, and he does the same for me and my ex.
0: That's so great. And I think the way that you speak about divorce and co-parenting and blended families, it's so unique. With lots of compassion, you have this ability to look at things in the means of necessity. And obviously there's so much emotion wrapped up in any conflict that would arise in this kind of situation, but you are so good at being able to take a breath and say, okay, this is how I feel about it, but this is what needs to get done. And you wrote a really wonderful article called Surviving the Every Day When Divorce Makes Life a Disaster for our blog. And I want to read a piece of this. You wrote, how do we dust ourselves off and keep on carrying on when all we want to do is surrender and we can barely take care of ourselves, let alone anyone else? The answer, my friends, is necessity. This cruel world doesn't have time for our mental breakdown. Too many people still count on us to keep a chair warm at the office and bring life to a box of macaroni and cheese at home. Others care about our plight, but only so much. So I think this moment that you were talking about was the aftershock of divorce, right? But I think this wisdom kind of applies to to where you are in your life now too. That with a blended family, with co parenting, there are all kinds of challenges. But you know, from your articles, I think this is really the perfect snapshot of your approach to to these challenges. So I want you to talk a little bit more about that because I think it's really special.
1: Sure, we never know what's what's going to happen on any given day. You can make plans, but I think anytime you have six children involved or eight people living in a home, you know we'll just see what actually happens. Right. So uh, you can obsess over the details or obsess over the schedule. And, and the schedule, I lose, use that term loosely, not just for what, what you have planned for today or for this weekend, but for your life. But you know, life may throw you a curveball. And it really is pointless to just let that completely overwhelm you and ruin your day or ruin your life, because you will just have to keep going. So I think you just learn to be flexible and just go with the flow. And okay, maybe that was inconvenient, or that's not what I was hoping would happen. But somehow we're going to make something good out of this, we will Carry on, and you know, tomorrow's another day. So, I think that's just a helpful attitude to take in general when it comes to divorce. This may not be what you were hoping for. Nobody hopes for that. Nobody that's planning a wedding or says vows has the intention that this isn't going to work. Although we may know that divorce is out there and it's an option, I don't think anybody really when they're, when they're saying their I do's, is thinking eh, we'll that this is happens. going to end. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, we all want to be that little old couple that's still together after 50, 60 years and has the big anniversary party when they're little old people and, mm-hmm. you know, can spend their retirement in rocking chairs on the front porch together. But sometimes life has other ideas. And, we do just kind of have to pick up the pieces and keep going on, you know.
0: In this excerpt that I read, you talked about this feeling of barely being able to take care of yourself. And that's a real thing. And it's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to go through it. But I think that if you're somebody who is having a hard time embracing a different narrative besides victimhood you gotta read Audrey's articles because (laughs) I mean there's so much compassion here and there's just so much awareness that these are really hard things to go through and really challenging but this perseverance that you have and and this ability to say there are kids that need me and I need me I think is what has gotten you where you are now and what makes your story so special
1: it's as devastating as enduring a death or any other major loss like that right. in your life. And it is important to feel all the emotions associated with that Absolutely. and work your way through that process. I just always say, don't take up residence in the in the grief or in the denial or right. in the depression, you know, feel all those things. But in the end, we need to find something pretty and shiny up ahead that we right. can focus on that will keep us moving out of the darkness and you know you just have to have the mindset that you're going to be better and not be bitter or not be stuck in this terrible right. chapter of your life.
0: We say even if you have every reason to be stuck, choose to push forward because you owe it to yourself and I think you know you have found a wonderful love and you've built this big beautiful family and I think A really important piece of your story is that after your divorce, you were looking into yourself and listening to what you needed. And you took that time to take care of yourself and push yourself to embrace that bright future and become a better self. And then you were ready for this great family and this, this great next chapter, right? That's
1: right. I mean, the one thing that you can count on is through your whole life, the one person who's always going to be there with or for you is yourself. Right. So you really do have to invest in taking care of yourself, getting to know yourself and all the self-care. I mean – Give yourself a moment, treat yourself every now and then, give yourself incentives to keep moving on. Women tend to spread ourselves so thin over so many things, and a lot of times we come dead last to everything else, and we really do need to. Uh, not to the point necessarily of being selfish or shirking our responsibilities, but you know, you're very important.
0: But that's such a woman thing, right? That if yeah, we, is. <laughs> that we we're talking about taking care of yourselves, with the caveat that like it doesn't make you a horrible person. No,
1: it does not. Men never <laughs>
0: worry about that. No, <laughs> you know, the, of course you have to take care of yourself and. And every study ever shows that kids are happier when their parents are happier and living life for themselves. And and it's really important to be able to do that. So I want to know who were the people that helped you build that for yourself, that helped pave the way for you to embrace yourself with self-love?
1: Well, my whole concept of divorce warrior, the, na- the name that I use in my right. writing, is a person who has experienced all the horrible things that the divorce is all about, but yet you've been able to pull yourself up, move through it and actually thrive on the other side of divorce. And then you're to the point where you can help the next person get through it. So I had my divorce warriors that helped me get through my divorce they were people who kept me positive and who didn't judge and who just loved and accepted me when i was in my worst moments so they inspired me to to move on and to find something positive that i could make out of my life when i felt like there was nothing left to keep living for. And so that's kind of been my passion that just keeps me moving is continuing to grow, continuing to improve as a person and then finding ways to use that energy in positive ways.
0: And I think, you know, it's so full circle because now you are divorced warrior and you are that person for so many people through your articles, through your social presence. I mean, you really are are sharing your wisdom and and being that person for
1: so many other women.
0: And I imagine that's really empowering for you.
1: It is. And I hope I can show I'm not trying to put anybody the impression that it's easy, that you just snap your fingers and you can be over it, whether that's step parenting, whether that's recovering from a divorce, any of that. It takes some, some effort, but what worth having doesn't take effort. I just hope that I can be an example of the fact that, yes, there is happiness after divorce. You can find something even better than you ever imagined. A lot of it is just having the mindset that you're not going to let a bad chapter in your life define your life or keep you from having happiness again.
0: Right. I love that. In addition to writing about divorce for us and other places – You are also working as a case manager social worker, right? With developmentally disabled, families with young children and homeless populations. So you are really busy and you are sharing your wisdom with so many people. And I imagine that your kids must see everything you're doing and be quite proud of you.
1: Well, I hope so. If nothing else, I hope because children are watching everything that we do, that's part of what shapes my philosophy when it comes to co-parenting is the fact that they're watching, they're learning how to become adults. They're learning how to be in relationships. They're learning work ethic. They're learning positive attitude, everything from what they see their parents demonstrate. So. I want them to be people who find their passion and, and have something to throw their all into. But I also hope that by the time they reach adulthood, they are happy people who are able to be productive members of society and know how to take care of themselves and know how to navigate through relationships and God forbid they ever do get divorced. I guess I want them to know that if they do face adversity in their life, that they saw mom overcome it, you know, so they can do it too.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, you're talking about modeling that positive behavior for them and in career relationships and all different parts of life. And all six of them are definitely lucky to have you because I, you. I really think that you're just spewing wisdom and uh, you really are are brave and you really are a warrior. Before we wrap up, I want to read an excerpt from a very recent article that you wrote that I'm loving and our audience is loving. This is one of our most popular articles recently. It's called Dear Jenny, A Letter to Newly Divorced Women. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where the idea for this article came from? Because I think this is really special.
1: Well, I think all of us have those friends, whether it's somebody that you grew up with or uh, maybe knew from college or whatever the case might be where you formed very deep connections with them. but. As so happens with life, we all get busy with our careers and families and things like that. And time may just kind of not necessarily separate the the attachment and the heart that we have to those people. But we just don't see them or talk to them as much as we would like to. So upon running into a friend of mine who is now finding herself several steps back from where I am now, just going through a divorce, this was kind of like from the heart, what I want a person who's just kind of beginning that process to know about what's ahead and, and what they need to do to take care of themselves and just to have hope that things are going to be okay.
0: So I'm going to read a little piece from this article that you wrote for us, and our listeners can find it. We'll put a link to it unworthy.com slash podcast. So this is a little piece of this really, really beautiful article. A common thread of pain runs through all divorces. Otherwise, no two divorce stories are exactly alike, nor can we expect any two divorced women to think and feel the same way about the event. You will have to do what feels right for you and on your own timeline. True healing takes however long it's going to take, no matter whether we try to rush it or savor each step. This is the time to be true to yourself, follow your instincts, and nurture yourself. So, I mean, we talked a lot about this, about finding that moment to get to know yourself again and listen to what you really need and and then be there for yourself, And I think you just write this so beautifully and and the whole letter is just, it's so good and people are sharing it like crazy online. It's it's really, really special. I want to know what was the worst advice and the best advice somebody gave you after your divorce was?
1: I think some of the worst advice that I received was when I realized that my marriage was just in ruins. I mean, I hadn't even shared the full scope of everything that was going on. I just went to someone that I trusted and. I said, I, you know, I assure you, this is horrible. And I literally don't know, you know, if there's any way of resurrecting this. And their advice was, well, you know, you've got kids, you're almost 40. You know, I just don't think that you can ever expect it to be any better than this. So basically, you just need to suck it up and and deal with it. That is very bad advice. <laughs> yeah, that is very bad advice. I mean, I realized they didn't know every tiny little detail And everybody's coming from a different place when it comes to their perspective. But I
0: imagine that was a painful thing to hear because it certainly is with the assumption that you had not already tried everything and you weren't. Very dedicated to your right. family and to your ex, and you know, obviously, nobody just rolls into divorce, right? It's it's a no. Painful I thing wouldn't to hear. expect
1: anybody to celebrate the fact that I was announcing that we were divorcing. Right. That's never a positive thing. Um, I mean, it's the end of something that's very precious that you know you would hope could last forever. But I assure you, you know, everything was tried. Right. And this was the last resort. So I think what people in those beginning stages, yes, they need to just know that they're loved and accepted and there's no judgment. Right. And I think some of the best advice that I got was actually about co-parenting itself. And one of my strongest divorce warriors was the one who shared with me that whole concept about co-parenting like a business. I mean, one of her her great quotes that I can always Hear her saying in my mind is you'll have those moments where you're thinking to yourself, Thank you for reminding me why I divorced you. So that'll give me a good chuckle every now and then. But just the whole concept about removing the emotion from it and just focusing on the kids being the product and not worrying about their new girlfriend or your opinion about how this or that are going. that None of that matters. It's just all about the kids and just making sure that they're happy, healthy, safe, and, and all of those things that really matter.
0: And I imagine that that might be the same advice that you would give. <laughs> but as a final note, I mean, somebody who's been through it and is on the other side and You know, I I think so many of our listeners probably can't even imagine remarriage and the the fear of stepkids and, you know, maybe being the evil stepmother, but you have have built this happy family. And what would be the last pearl of wisdom that you would share with our listeners?
1: I would say if you believe that you may want to move on again and and find happiness again in a relationship – And you certainly don't have to have a relationship to be happy. That's a personal choice if you decide that that's what you want to do. Just go in with your eyes open. Part of that is knowing what your needs are as a person, what you require in a partner, and maybe any faults or anything like that that you may need to work on so that you're in a better position to be a good partner to someone else. I think that's where a lot of the mistakes come about in remarriage or subsequent relationships is that people haven't taken their time to fully recover from the previous relationship and also learn from it and let all that baggage go before they're ready to move on. So I think once you've done that, you're in a good position to start a relationship on the right foot and then just have your eyes open, talk to other people, educate yourself when it comes to step parenting, because, I think people have all the best intentions and they just don't maybe know what they're getting into. So just patience, just patience and love and just understanding that you're just there as another person in their life that's there to just love and offer support. You're not taking the place of anybody really shouldn't have to be a threat to anybody who, who couldn't benefit from just more people loving them and being there on their team.
0: Absolutely. You know, Something that our, our friend Emma Johnson says is that the pie is infinite. Yes. And she's talking about, you know, career and, and women in the workplace and everything. But I think it's true with love as well. The pie is infinite.
1: The heart has an infinite capacity to love. So whether that comes to stepchildren or them being able to accept yes. a, a new adult into their life. Well, Audrey,
0: thank you so much. This has been really wonderful and we'll have to have you back soon. Thank you. Do you want to tell love that. our listeners your website your social channels so they can find yes, you? Yes,
1: definitely. I'm very, very active on Twitter. So please follow along at Divorce Warrior One. I have the Divorce Warrior Facebook page. Very active, writing for Worthy, Divorce That's Moms. Right. I'll actually be starting a new uh, series of live episodes on Divorce Moms coming up pretty soon. And then I'm w- doing some construction on my website right now, but it's 1.com So love to have you check me out.
0: Okay, and we will put links to all of Audrey's channels and our favorite of her articles at worthy.com slash podcast. Thanks, Audrey. All right. Thank you. Thanks again to Audrey Cade for joining us and to all of you for listening. Next week, we'll be chatting with Desiree Harper about how she's navigating things with her ex and the struggle of trying to find the right way to let a man who she could never depend on take on the ultimate role of responsibility with her daughter. We know how sensitive this can be for so many of you, and while we can't fix it, sometimes just talking about it and relating to one another can help in major ways. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.